Hello, and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. This is Courtney. Hi, Courtney. How are you? What are we doing? We talk through the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. And we have something fun to talk about today. <laughs> fun for who? Fun for me, because I'm going to listen you. a lot. <laughs> I'm a little, little, little ramped up a about, little bit. about stuff today. A little bit. Take a deep Everyone, let's just take a deep breath. Right? Okay, while Courtney takes a deep breath, I'm going to say personalized learning, if you're a teacher, it's hard. There's, it a, there's a lot to it. It's hard. But it's obviously worth it since we've been doing yes. four years of podcast worth yes. of, of this. So we must like it. Yeah. Which we do. We do. Which we do. But it is, it is, it is hard. Mm-hmm. It is uh, difficult. It yep. takes a lot of planning. Yeah, e- yes, it does. And this is where my frustration is is coming this week a little bit. Um, let's go. Let's go. So in order for personalized learning of any kind, any level, any degree, in order for it to work smoothly and not feel like you are juggling 15 different balls while turning in one direction and walking in the opposite, you need to be really prepared. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, okay, thanks. So <laughs> So here's okay, so here's here's a scenario. So thinking okay. about like um and I think this is true for I've been hearing I've been talking lately with people about it mostly in um, relation to uh, it comes up a lot in relation to math. And it comes up a lot in relation to um, applied learning or interdisciplinary, project-based, interest-based learning, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it also comes up in proficiency-based learning when you start talking about learners working at their own pace, right? Which that's a whole other. We've talked about that before. Maybe we, you know, we will go there again. But the gist is, is that. As, the, as, as a teacher, as a facilitator of personalized learning or proficiency-based learning, you need to have your ducks in a very tight row. And I don't mean, like you use the word planning. I don't think that's the right word for it anymore. I've kind of changed. I think there's some planning you can do. And I think there's more planning in subjects like math, like where you're doing more of a, a, like a skill-building workshop type situation, mm-hmm. um, literacy, than there is in um, like the, the full-on interdis- interdisciplinary unit where like learners are asking their own questions and going lots of different directions. Like mm-hmm. there's different degrees of planning that you can do in those things. Like no matter what you need to have, I always, I always refer to it as like the overarching, you know, the arc of the unit. So what is the arc of the project or what is the arc of the unit? Um, you know where you're going to start. You know you, where you want them to, be, to end. You know some things in the middle that they need to learn, that you want them to learn, or you want them to practice. But then a lot of it is kind of like um, choose your own adventure-ish. Sure. Right? Sure. So you can't plan every single day. And you can't plan for every single minute. In a traditional classroom, that rarely worked either. <laughs> like, Very true. You know, you, you, and I think a lot of teachers get to the point actually where either they don't really have a lesson plan or they're kind of jotting out big things in their plan book. Like I remember I used to have like bullet points in my plan books just to sure. like kind of what are the things I, I know I need to get to. Um, 
Or some teachers get to the point where they feel like they know it all so well that they're not planning at all. Right. And then what happens when you're suddenly in a personalized learning environment where you need learners to be able to work independently so that you as a teacher can check in with small groups and check in with individuals and still have the room um, working, right? <laughs> still mm-hmm. have some order. It's not complete chaos. And the learners are actually learning and progressing and practicing things on their own without help, without constantly having to be told to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you really need to have all of your resources ready to go ahead of time. You kind of have to be ready for every scenario. Now, this it, this seems like a lot of work. It is. But I was thinking about, as you were talking about my days as a teacher, when, when I first started, I was writing lesson plans daily. Right. Right? That was kind of the expectation that I learned about in college. And right. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, and in some schools, you have to. In some schools, right. you have to turn in your plan. Like, I was never in an environment like that. I don't know if you were. No, I, I was yeah. not. I was not, fortunately. But people did ask for them. Mm-hmm. And I made them, you know, mostly pretty detailed and what we were doing. But I was realizing that as I was going through day to day, my kids were not following my plan. Mm. <laughs> Darn kids. <laughs> that they, they had different questions and they had different right. needs. And right. they, they just had, had different things to do. So... I was going more to the bullet point thing that, that you're just saying. I, I remember in my plan book, I had points of things that I wanted to talk about that day. Yeah. And I had some resources to help, but that was about the limit of what I could do. Because mm-hmm. I knew that kids were going to take it in a different direction five minutes into class anyway. Right. Just because they have different needs and different questions and kids are all over the place. Yeah. And this was yeah. in a, before we even started personalizing. It was just, you know, traditional classroom. Right. Kids were all over the place then too. Yeah. Yes. So I had to I had to figure out where I thought they might be going, uh, as you said, the the arc of the unit. Mm-hmm. I had to basically have the unit ready. Right. For whenever kids were ready for it. Right. And this was traditional classroom. Yeah. This is not a personalized classroom at this point. Right. You still had to have that stuff. There's not yes. a lot of difference between traditional. Everybody sits in rows, and what we do now, where we have group and regroup kids. Right. 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 Kids are kids are still kids. They're still kids. Yeah. So they're going to be all over the place. Yeah. No. What What's different is is the structures and the roles. Exactly. That's what's different. So, um, and these change depending on um, the social grade level or the age or the you know ability of the learners. Um, but so I think some of the things to think about, like, okay, so how do I go about being more prepared? Right. There are some teachers and some people like. Any, any profession, there are some people who are planners, will sit down for hours on end, get into the flow, and happily, easily get everything they want together and over plan, right? Mm-hmm. Great. There are also people who don't ever do that and kind of wing it and, mm-hmm. you know, or like have a loose idea. Right. Um, so you have to kind of... Um, if you're on one end, you have to figure out how to loosen up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the other end, you have to figure out how to tighten up a little bit. I was on that other end. Yeah. I had to tighten it up a little bit because there were some days where I was just, just like, oh, what did we do yesterday? Right. Oh, yeah. I know where we're going. Right. And disaster yeah. ensued. Yeah. I so was never. I definitely had to tighten it up with the bullet points at that point. Yeah. I, I think I was never. I think I was always kind of happy medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're very lucky. 
I, yeah. Aww. I know. <laughs> but there is, there is uh, with, with my personal experience, I definitely had to learn to tighten up and have stuff more planned mm. than I than just my natural right. This has to, you know, I was I was always the one mm. where whatever we're doing yesterday, we'll just further it today. Right. Yep. But I have to know what that is, you have and, to know have, what it is. and have stuff ready and for them. Ex- well, that's just that's it, and have stuff ready. Yeah. Like, great, yeah. It's it's oh, let's go total inquiry based. Whatever the learners want, yeah, that works. And you know, I, you know, you want to talk about Montessori or Waldorf or everything? They have all the resources ready to go. That's the thing. <laughs> it isn't just you know, oh, I'm totally surprised that came up, and now um, I wish I had this, or, you know, like, later that night or the next week being like, this would have been an awesome resource for when that kid said this. Like, right. You have to have all the things ready to go. Okay, all right, so here are some thoughts on how to do this, how to get better at this. Number one, start with a very general unit plan. So let's talk applied learning, right? Interdisciplinary okay. learning, mm-hmm. project-based learning. Have a very loose plan. Know where you're going to start, what the driving question is or the topic, how you're going to engage them. Know where it's going to end. Know what the final project is or what you want out of it if you're going to get, give learners choice, right? Know, know the beginning, know the end. Also know the things that you need them to learn. Everybody, the things that everybody needs to learn, like Mm -hmm. foundational skills related to the targets embedded in this project or whatever. And then set up the resources. Um, All right, I'm going to stop there. Okay, so then for something like math or language arts, more of a workshop-y feel, Mm -hmm. um, in language arts, reading and writing, you probably still have units. So same kind of thing. What are the goals that you want them to achieve? Mm -hmm. Um, How does the unit start? How are you going to get them hooked in? And, you know, and then what are the lessons that you need to teach everybody? And then looking at the data for individual kids, what are the individual goals and skills that you need to be teaching? And, And then kind of starting to collect resources for those too. Um, in math, um, at least in some of the schools I work in, it's much more of an open flow feeling. doesn't necessarily feel like there are tightly packed units. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think then it's more about forecasting. Okay. And knowing where, using the data, where are your learners now? Where are they headed? What does it look like? You know, if I could predict next month, what do I think the natural progression is going to look like. And then um, starting to get resources together for those things. So like if we stop there, that's just kind of like getting the basic skeleton, Mm -hmm. right? Then you go in and you have to start fleshing things out. And the things you really need to flesh out are the resources. In order for personalized learning or really effective proficiency-based learning to work, the teacher has to stop being the only vessel, the only container, the only giver of information and skill practice. So it's, you're saying it's kind of impossible to handle all the kids in your class at all their different levels if it's only you doing it? Uh, p- potentially, yes. Yeah. Potentially, yes. So what are the, some of these other ways that uh, teachers can help themselves not be the only vessel? <laughs> the only givers, the givers. <laughs> um, so if, if this makes anyone bang their heads against, you know, the wall, 
maybe take a deep breath and check in with yourself and wonder where's that feeling coming from? What's that a reaction to? Um, and then breathe again and um, listen again. So videos, text at different levels, not just the textbook, find different mm -hmm. varieties of, the, of different varies, different varying levels, um, audio recordings, sometimes other people, um, ed techs or other classroom support, they can teach some of these things, especially in elementary or whatever, you know, or they can be like a station or whatever, sure. right? Um, so thinking of that. So this is where it's like, that takes time. Yes, it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, that's one of the differences of personalized learning, right? We've talked about this before, how like the, the prep time flips so that it's really before the unit, before the instruction is where a lot of the time comes in rather than um, afterward or during the mm -hmm. learning. So that's one thing you have to do. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how you've kind of loosened up. I think another way to loosen up is to really work on the structures in the classroom. If it's young learners, stations, have them rotate, plan out, you know, or give choices for certain options, you know, so a group is with you, one group is maybe doing independent practice, another group like on the computers or whatever, another group maybe, or they're learning on the computer, they're watching videos or they're reading or listening to things, another group is just playing games or something, and then ring a bell, switch. Mm -hmm. Like, and that works really any level. <laughs> like, it really does. It yeah. works any level. And it's level. really efficient too. Yes. And if you're the kind of teacher who feels like you need more control and you really need to know who's doing what every day, which you should have a good idea of who's doing what every day, sure. where they are, like that's a structure to help you with that. Mm -hmm. As they get older, things like learning menus, mm -hmm. right? And then slowly turning it over to them and then eventually getting to the point where it's like, hey, learners, here's your learning menu. You need to be finished with the learning menu by Friday. Go. You know, and then you're doing things like posting mini lessons mm -hmm. or, you know, scheduling conferences, scheduling small groups. Um, and you're, at that point, you're still finding out where kids are. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on a, I would, I would argue, a much more efficient basis than we did before when yeah. you're trying to see the 15, 20, 25 kids in your class all at the same time. Right. Because that's the only way you're doing things. Right. But now you're actually talking to basically every kid, right. maybe not every day, but every other day at least, yeah. and knowing exactly where they are and how to help them next, right. which has those mini lessons, yeah. those new stations that you're already prepared for. Yep. And by the time the week ends, you're mostly in a good place. Right. And then so in my head now I'm thinking like talking back some a potential potential pushback I might get to some of this is, well, what if I have, what if I have like, you know, six or seven groups and I only have time for three rotations? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you're a small group, you pull kids together that have like needs. Fine. Sometimes that can be, um, a strategy lesson where it doesn't matter what the content is. Sometimes it does matter what the content is. Mm -hmm. That's fine. The groups don't have to be consistent every day. Right. They can change up a little. Um, even then, all right. So, you put five kids together for the independent computer time. Some of them could be practicing, you know, practicing work on programs like, you know, IXL or Headsprout or other things like that, where it's like just total individual practice. You could have five kids doing five different skills. Mm -hmm. 
It doesn't matter. They don't have to be doing the same thing. Right. And then so another five kids or another six kids are working on games. Well, maybe there's actually two groups there. One group is doing one game for their skills and another group is doing another game for their skills. And then you've got your instructional group. Like in order for all of that to work, though, you have to plan it. You have to think through what are the needs and what are the resources I have and I need available to make this happen. Because otherwise it turns into whack-a-mole and kids sitting and waiting for the teacher to do something and the teacher trying to run from kid to 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 kid. Trying to instruct and help and it's inefficient and it doesn't work. And that's when teachers feel like I said at the beginning, they're juggling, you know, however many balls, turning in one direction, walking backwards in the other. Yeah, it's very inefficient at that point. Hugely inefficient. Which gets back to our whole point about culture and yes. standard operating procedures yes. and flow charts and all, all of that. Those things. So we've been talking for a while. So so yeah. if you're feeling frustrated, that's the first point you should do is, is maybe I need to figure something out on how to make this better. Yeah. Let's talk about it with the kids right. and figure it out. Because if you're feeling frustrated as a teacher, they are too. Guaranteed they are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Next week, we are going to be a day early. So be ready for that one. Okay. You learn MC in your feed on a Wednesday. <laughs> We're trying to be consistent this year. We say that every year. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but next week, for sure, a day early. Yes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PLearnMC. Yeah, I'm and, at at BelowLindsay. And I'm at Eat Sleep Stats for all your nonsense wants. <laughs> That's just me. Amazing. We're on Facebook, too. And please give us, uh, we're still trying to gather some of the, from last week, some of the driving questions that, yeah. that you guys have, have uh, talked about. Yeah. Uh, so we'll follow up with that on a future pod. Uh, but continue with those basically on Twitter or Facebook. Perfect. Always email us if you want. That's true. And the parking lot, which you can get at through our website. So. Which is what? Um, PLearnMC.com. Awesome. All right. We'll talk next time. Woo!